You're listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. It's 24-7. My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. You know that it's our time. These are the best days of our lives. Ooh, we got so much Vanderpump tea to be spilled. Like a like a nice glass of Vanderpump Rose. We've got a full, a full teapot of some hot tea to break down. Lala Kent is speaking out about the reunion. Um, Sheena Shea is having a difficult time with what's going to be ha- coming up at the reunion. Raquel might not show up at the reunion. Some of Raquel and Sheena's friends are now speaking out and they're clapping back at Rachel, claiming that they're, you know, they're not pleased with her and they're dropping all sorts of dirty deeds on what went down the week that the scandal broke and what their last communication with Rachel actually was. So we do have quite a bit to break down today. I hope you guys are excited um, because I know I am. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my pals at Chomps. This week's episode is brought to you by Chomps, which you guys know I love. You can head over to chomps.com and use code Zach20 to get 20% off their delicious grass-fed protein sticks, gluten-free, vegan, keto-friendly, Whole30 compliant, all the things, paleo-friendly. You know I love them. So head on over to chomps.com to give them a try today. And I also just wanted to give a quick shout out to my pal, Dr. Will Cole. He was on the podcast a few months ago. He has a new book that's coming out. He's my friend. I'm not getting anything out of this. So I just wanted to share that he has a new book that is coming out this upcoming Tuesday. It's called Gut Feelings, Heal the shame Field Relationship Between What You Eat and How You Feel. He, This is his fourth book. He just sent me a copy today. So I'm very excited to dive into it. Um, so if you guys want to, you know, Get control over your relationship with food and and combat that shame. Then get a copy of Gut Feelings. It comes out next Tuesday, or you can pre-order it on Amazon.com right now. It's Gut Feelings by Dr. Will Cole. He's a buddy of mine. I love him, and I want to support my friends. Uplift your friends. You don't support other women. I support everyone, the women and the men and, and, the, everyth- and the housewives and all of it. All right, so shall we dive into this tea? Let's start with this, like, reunion stuff because I need to clarify some things about the Pump Rolls reunion. I've been posting some stuff on Instagram and Twitter, and then today um, I saw people are, like, sending me this, like, post on Instagram that I think was posted by um, – Face Reality 19 that showed like a snippet of the order. So let's just get into it. Um, so there is a possible, a strong possibility actually, uh, that Raquel might end up zooming into the Vanderpump Rules reunion, which is supposed to tape next Thursday. And this is according to her temporary restraining order. She's not allowed to have any sort of contact with Sheena until their March 29th court hearing. Uh, which is a week after the reunion is supposed to tape. So it's literally one or I think a week and a day after the reunion tapes, which is supposed to be next Thursday. So 
it looks like right now one of the solutions that production is considering is having Raquel zoom in and not be in any of the segments that Sheena is going to be participating in because they're not allowed to have any sort of contact. And people are saying, oh, well, Sheena should be the one to zoom in. We don't want Raquel to zoom in. We want Raquel to be there and to face everyone. And Sheena should take a bullet for the team and let everybody know that, you know, Rachel needs to face everybody. But I just want to first clarify that like this isn't up to Sheena like Sheena can't just voluntarily be like no I'll I'll do it like production's the one that makes the final call and in this case it looks like they might just have a zoom call in possibly even like a one-on-one with Andy I honestly don't know I know they're scrambling to find a resolution in this moment because there's no way they can have Sheena and Raquel both participate in the same segments according to the temporary restraining order that Raquel has filed against Sheena And until there's a final judgment, which won't be until March 29th at their upcoming court hearing. So when it comes to the temporary restraining order, though, I saw that Face Reality 16 on Instagram, they shared a piece of the filing that shows that Raquel did not request a no contact from Sheena, which means that Sheena would not be able to contact her. Not necessarily that Sheena wouldn't be able to have any contact with her. That specific clause. Actually, let me pull it up and let me read it for you guys. That way you can. uh, So. There is a, a piece in when she filed for the temporary restraining order where, you know, she had to write um, personal conduct order. She had to select their three different options, right? The first option is, I'll just read it to you. I asked the court to order the person, Sheena Shea, not do any of the following things to me or any person's that will that will be protected uh, listed in this uh, restraining order filing, whatever. So A says harass, intimidate, molest, attack, strike, stalk, threaten, assault, hit, abuse, destroy personal property of, or disturb the peace of the person, the person being Raquel. B says contact the person either directly or indirectly in any way, including but not limited to in person, by telephone, in writing, by public or private mail, by inter-office mail, by email, by text message, by fax, or by any other electronic means, or C, other, please specify, check here if there's not enough space for your answer, put your complete answer on the attached sheet of paper on form, blah, 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 write in attachment, blah, 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 for a title. So basically, these are the options that Raquel can request by the court for her personal for the personal conduct orders in terms of like what Sheena can and cannot do. Right. So in this case, Raquel checked A. She did not check B. She did not check C. So A specifies harassment, intimidation. I mean, it goes into all these other things, attack, strike, stalk, threaten, whatever. But to me, the ones that stood out, because this is the box that Raquel checked, was harassment, intimidation, and disturbance of the peace, right? She did not check box B, which is what the internet seems to be fired up about, because uh, B says that Sheena would not be able to contact Raquel, either directly or indirectly. And they're like, oh, we'll see. Raquel didn't check that there's a no contact. So in this case, Raquel should be able to zoom in, and Sheena, you know, would be able to also be in that segment and they should be able to talk to each other because Sheena's not, you know, they, they didn't check this box about contacting the person, right? But the real issue lies within option A where it says harass, intimidate, or disturb the peace. Because in this case, if Sheena and Raquel participate in a segment together at all, anything that Sheena says to Raquel, 
can immediately be turned or twisted into harassment, intimidation, or disturbance of the peace. Like Sheena can look at Raquel the wrong way and Raquel can say, oh my gosh, she disturbed my peace, judge. Whether or not that'll stick is TBD by the judge, but regardless, it's the fact that there are potential ways that Raquel could claim that Sheena uh, defied the order of protection, defied this temporary restraining order against her. You know, she can say, oh, Sheena intimidated me because she, you know, at the reunion put her finger up and that made me feel like she would possibly strike me through the Zoom screen and give me another black eye through the camera. You know, Raquel, at this point, she's making such outlandish and baseless claims that I wouldn't be surprised if she even did something stupid like that or threw down this disturb of the peace. So that's really the main issue that production is going to have to face when it comes to having Sheena and Raquel at the reunion is not so much the contact because the contact isn't doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a two way communication of us, but it means that Sheena would not be able to like have any direct contact towards Raquel or indirect contact where she'd like tell a friend to go and tell Raquel, Oh, this is what Sheena says. But Raquel didn't check that. However, Emily D Baker, Queen Emily, she did clarify that when the temporary restraining order was actually issued, that the judge did also check the contact box. So it was box A and box B. So the judge doesn't want Sheena to have any sort of direct communication with Raquel on top of the protection of harassment, intimidation, you know, striking, stalking, threatening, disturbing of the peace, hitting, abusing, you know, destroying of personal property, all of that sort of stuff. So the judge does not want them to have any contact either with this temporary restraining order. And again, to clarify, a temporary restraining order and a permanent restraining order are not the same thing. A temporary restraining order is only until a judge is able to actually review the full case and determine whether or not this restraining order sticks. So big clarification there. So I think, you know, the biggest thing really comes down to, or I guess the two most important takeaways from this are, you know, that the box that Raquel did check does clarify no harassment, intimidation, or disturbance of the peace. And, you know, the judge did clarify that he doesn't want any sort of contact between them. So Emily clarified on Instagram that, you know, regardless, based off of this restraining order, unless Raquel drops it, based off of where things currently stand, Sheena and Raquel would not be able to film the same segments together. Obviously, we know Raquel doesn't just have this scandal that she has to address at the reunion, but she has to address all of her behavior at the reunion. And Sheena, obviously, you know, her wedding's a part of this as well. Um, You know, her connection to Raquel and Ariana and Katie and her setting up Raquel and Schwartz, like both of these women are so entangled in the storylines of this season because the reunion is not going to be focused on Scandal. The reunion is going to be focused on all of the behavior that led up to Scandal. So Scandal is probably just going to be one really big and maybe a core segment. But there are a lot of other things that we need to touch on including Sheena influencing Raquel to date Schwartz and Sheena's wedding, et cetera, et cetera. So it's TBD what's actually going to happen. The reunion is still at this current moment scheduled to tape next Thursday. So we'll see what production decides to do because, I mean, they need to convince Raquel to drop this. I honestly think Raquel should drop this stupid temporary restraining order because we all know that she's likely not going to get it granted by the judge at their hearing on the 29th. This is likely just an attempt for her to avoid having to actually appear at the reunion or to limit, you know, her appearance at the reunion. People file frivolous restraining order 
petitions all the time. They don't always stick. They don't always last. I've heard a number of stories where somebody gets a temporary restraining order and then a judge actually gets to hear the full case and the judge is like, this is silly. You're wasting the court's time. I also want to clarify that there is no police report. There is no uh, damages that Raquel can sue for. There is no civil lawsuit against Sheena Shea currently. It's literally just this temporary restraining order, which you would think there would be some other sort of charges or lawsuit against Sheena if this were actually the case or if there were a real case against Sheena. But at this point, Raquel should just drop it, lean into the villain arc, secure herself a bag for next season. Like, why screw up your job and your image? You know, at least get the bag, girl. Like, true love ain't worth it, but some extra coin on top of some sandy dick might be. You know what I mean? A little bag on top of the sandy dick, and you get to, like, just have a good old time. Sex on the beach. Like, let's get it. But we'll see what happens. I will keep you guys posted, because as of right now, it does look messy, and I know production's scrambling to figure out what they're actually going to do with the reunion. So that's that. Tis what it is. Okay. Now let's move on to um, some friends that are spilling some tea. Culture, society, on every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my god, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... <sighs> so download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. So Sheena Shea and Raquel have some mutual friends, one of them being this girl, Jamie Lynn, and then also this guy, Kyle. So Kyle was the guy that originally posted the photos on Instagram and the video footage on Instagram that showed that Raquel actually had some darkness under her eye prior to the alleged assault that happened the Wednesday night that the news broke. The Wednesday night that, or not that the news broke, but the Wednesday night that the cast began aware of became aware of the affair when Raquel found the FaceTime video on Tom's phone and then when Sheena confronted Raquel about it and then when Sheena allegedly punched Raquel in the face in New York. So that night, this guy Kyle had photos and videos that he posted on Instagram to prove that prior to that night, Raquel already had some darkness under her eye, which then would help prove that Sheena did not punch her and give the the black eye to Raquel, which is the claim that was written in the temporary restraining order that Sheena punched her and gave her a black eye amongst other injuries, right? She's like, I had blurry vision and she pushed me and she threw me into a wall and I had an injury on the back. I had a boo-boo on the back of my head. And all of that bogus, right? Okay, so there is a podcast. Um, Jamie Lynn has a podcast that she put out with this guy, Kyle. They're mutual friends of both Sheena and Raquel, and they mentioned it all. They spilled all of the tea, and so here are kind of the best recaps of what they revealed in this podcast episode that Jamie Lynn and this guy, Kyle, actually put out together. And they they named it, I love that they named it, um, hashtag... Team Sheena. And I believe the podcast is uh, is Jamie Tell All. 
Jamie all about, Jamie all around, Jamie. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I meant to write it in my notes. I completely blinked. But anyway, Jamie Lynn is the podcast host. And so this is what they revealed. They said that they were at Coachella with Raquel Sandoval, Sheena, Brock, the, their Gusbin friends, Brock's friend Joey. And so Kyle, I believe that's how his name is spelled. It's K-A-E-L. So I'm assuming that's Kyle or K-L, Kyle. I'm going to call him Kyle. So Kyle says that nothing happened between Sandoval and Raquel at Coachella. He makes that very clear. Because remember, there were the rumors that Raquel made out with Tom Schwartz at Coachella. And then Schwartz came out and he's like, I wasn't even at Coachella. So then everybody was starting to speculate that it's possible that they saw Raquel making out with Sandoval and not Schwartz. And maybe that's where, you know, things got lost in translation. So Kyle's saying that that's not true, that he doesn't believe that Raquel and Tom Sandoval ever made out at Coachella, that he doesn't even know where that rumor started from. After the news broke, Kyle says that Raquel, uh, or that he, he says that he told Raquel that he needs some space from her, that he's always going to have some love in his heart for her, but right now they can't be friends and he needs some distance because this is big. This is scandalous. She was friends with Ariana. She's friends with everybody in the group. And like, this is a very messy situation and she needs to kind of own her shit. And that's what he told her. He's like, you need to own it. You need to sit in it and you kind of need to take accountability for it because you were wrong. And he also says that if she chose to stay with Sandoval, then he doesn't want her to ever speak to him again because he does not rock with Sandoval. He doesn't trust Sandoval. So if she's going to move forward with a relationship with Sandoval, then her relationship with Kyle is done at this point. He also says that Raquel knew that Kyle has dependent, uh, codependency issues. And now in retrospect, he thinks that she played him trying to trauma bond with him with you know her, their mutual codependency experiences. And he's like, oh, she tried to you know, manipulate me because she knew that I was vulnerable about codependency. And that was like a mutual meeting point that she tried to connect with me on. And now I feel like I'm being manipulated. And he just doesn't know if any of that was real or if it was just her way of trying to become his friend, which I think might also kind of fall under the the bucket of codependency, because usually a person that is codependent is dependent on meeting the other person's need and needs and doing whatever you need to make them happy. So it's possible that if she was just trying to befriend him with this codependency connection, that it's possible that maybe she does struggle with codependency issues and she was just trying to connect to him and get him to be her friend because she wanted him to be her friend and she wanted him to like her. So she needed to connect with him and relate with him in some type of way. So I think that that there's a little bit of a, of a blurred line there, but it's interesting because Kyle and Jamie both talk about how in retrospect, they look back at things so much differently and how, you know, they reflect and, and start to see things through new eyes, whereas at the time they didn't suspect anything and they had no reason to suspect anything between Raquel and Tom. And now things are a little bit different. So he says that, you know, he is appearing in this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, adding that she, Raquel, told him that Boys Night, which was the trip after Vegas when the girls all get back from Vegas and then they have Boys Night, which we're going to see on this this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, Boys Night is where she and Sandoval first really connected, and that's where things really began to blossom between the two of them. I know Andy Cohen's come out, and he's been very clear. He's like, look, people are going to watch this week's episode. I have not seen it yet, but he said people are going to watch this week's episode, and they are absolutely going to be shooketh because they're going to think that we re-edited this, and we absolutely did not re-edit anything. None of this has been recut differently. This is the exact episode that was going to air prior to Scandoval breaking. I've heard that from other people as well. They were like, wait until you see the next couple of episodes because you're going to be shocked. And this was before we 
before like things really kind of blew up. This is right when the news first had just broke that I had heard that. And I was like, oh, well, now I'm curious to see what these next episodes are going to hold. So Andy's very clear about that. Jamie Lynn remembers that, that exact night. And she says after boys night later on, they went out. Kyle was not there. He left. Uh, he left early after boys night. But she remembers being there with them. And she remembers Raquel and Sandoval talking a lot and getting really close that night. But she says that none of them really thought anything of it. And like, why would they? Sandoval's in a long-term committed relationship with Ariana, who's Raquel's friend. Raquel is dating or like, you know, showing an interest in Tom Schwartz. So it didn't seem like there would be anything going on between the two of them because there would be no reason for them to have a thing going on because they have something going on with other people. So Jamie says that she filmed this like cute cheeky video of them talking from afar. And so her and and uh, their friend Matt or friend Brett, sorry, her and her friend Brett, they were like pretending to narrate what was going on and adding all sorts of like dumb commentary kind of as like a joke. And she said that she didn't end up posting that on social media or sending it to Ariana because she didn't want people to take it the wrong way because she's like, oh, it looked like they were being really intimate. She's like, and I didn't want people to misread that situation. Like, you know, she she didn't want them to think that something was going on between Sandoval and Raquel, which is interesting that she kind of had that thought in the back of her head, but she also didn't see what was happening right in front of her. Uh, she says she like genuinely, honestly did not think that they were actually doing anything. She just thought it looked bad, you know, like sometimes there are situations that look worse than what they actually are. And without like the context of being like, oh, no, they were just, you know, talking about the stars and the moon. Then you don't really have the full details of what that conversation actually is. So she said that's why she didn't post the videos because it looked a little too intimate. She didn't want people to take it the wrong way. She said that it looked like they were just having like a deep combo, like about life. But she told Kyle when this all came out, Raquel, that she knows that Tom isn't the one, which is interesting because it appear it appears that Rachel, Raquel, and Tom are still together. Sorry, I'm using Rachel and Raquel interchangeably, and I'm not meaning to. I'm not meaning to be shady. It just comes off the tongue at this point. But so Raquel and Tom are seemingly still together or she seems to still want to be with him. But Kyle's like, when this all broke and I spoke to her on Saturday morning, she was very clear with me that she didn't think that Tom was the one, but that she was confused because she clearly has feelings for him. Interesting. And then regarding the FaceTime video that Ariana found, she also told him, told Kyle that Sandy recorded the video without her permission. And he was like, well, that's kind of strange. Um, He's like, I don't know if I actually believe her because her story felt like a total deflection. And even in their convo, he felt like she was trying to figure out a way to spin the story in her favor when she's telling Kyle everything. Like it felt like she was kind of laying out the details and seeing how he was reacting to certain things to see if he can kind of help her piece together what her official story should be. He says that she was more concerned with how she was going to be portrayed rather than, you know, hurting the people that are closest to her and he said that she didn't want she told him she didn't want to be a complete villain on the show so she's like I don't know how to play this and she was more concerned with what people were going to think of her specifically Lala he's like she was always very concerned with what Lala thinks of her and she was the most concerned about how Lala was going to react to this because she thought Lala was really going to come at her hard and as we've seen Lala is coming at her very hard he thinks since they spoke on Saturday, someone else had been in her ear and influenced her to file the restraining order. This is the Saturday after the news broke. So literally like 24 hours after the news breaks on Friday morning, 
he talks to her and he's like, it just felt like after we spoke, somebody must have gotten in her ear and told her to file the restraining order because it didn't seem like she was going in that direction when he spoke to her earlier Saturday morning when he was telling her, like, you need to own this. You screwed up and you need to figure out what you're going to do because you hurt the people that are closest to you. You hurt Sheena who rode for you. You hurt Ariana who befriended you. You hurt Schwartz who feels lied to. He was conned. He was lied to. He says, Kyle says that his background is in PR. So he says that this is really starting to feel like an entire PR spin strategy. He even says that if Raquel were his client, that the restraining order is the perfect way to get out of the Vanderpump Rules reunion. And at this point, the goal would be to distract people from what you actually did and deflect, deflect, deflect. He said, you know, as somebody that knows the world of PR, that's what we would do. And it seems like that's actually what she is doing. And so he seems to speculate or allude to he thinks that maybe there may be somebody in the PR world that's coaching her through this. He says that in speaking to her, it was odd because she was so calm about everything, given that her whole world had just been turned upside down and her friendships had just been fractured and whatever was going to happen with Sandoval was up in the air. And so we know that Schwartz and Raquel kissed at Sheena's wedding, and that was like a big deal for Katie, and Katie was really upset by that. And Schwartz has now come out and said that he was influenced by Sandoval to do it, that Sandoval was basically encouraging him to kiss Raquel which was being filmed and was there for the show, which is now interesting. And it feels a lot more calculated knowing that Sandoval was influencing Schwartz and Raquel to kiss when at that point it seemed like their affair had already begun by the time it came to Sheena's wedding because if it started at boys' night, then there was some time between boys' night and when Sheena got married in Mexico. Jamie says that after the night of the kiss that she asked Schwartz about, you know, how he feels about Raquel and like about, you know, what how did you like what were your thoughts about the kiss last night like are you into her whatever whatever and she claims that Schwartz told her that he wasn't into Raquel that he wasn't really feeling the kiss that it felt odd because she feels like more of his sister rather than a real romantic interest which then makes me question why Schwartz then started to go along with this you know him and Raquel sort of situation and is it true that he did find out about Sandoval a lot earlier and that he was trying to cover up for them or was you know were they just into the game of like obviously we know Raquel wasn't just into the game of playing with Schwartz. She had a bigger objective, which was to cover up her affair with Sandoval. And we know that was Sandoval's motivation. But I'm very curious as to what Schwartz's motivation was in moving things along, you know, and pushing this narrative that he's dating or talking to Raquel. They also talk about Nima. Oh, oh, and and Jamie does add that, that Raquel did tell her that she was genuinely interested in Schwartz. So, and Jamie's like, now I don't know if I believe her because now we know she was lying to all of us and she was secretly fooling around with Sandoval. So maybe she just told me she was genuinely into Schwartz to throw me off the trail. And so they're looking back at things being like, they feel like she's a lot more manipulative than she led on initially. They talk about Nima from Shaws of Sunset and how Raquel flew out to New York to go see him. Originally, when the rumors came out that they were dating I believe the rumor was that Nima flew Raquel out to New York. Now, according to Kyle, 
Raquel flew herself to New York to go see Nima and be with Nima, and then Nima ended up ghosting her. So she was really hurt by that because she felt blindsided. She really liked him. So then at this point is when she decides to go all in on Schwartz, and Jamie's like, well, maybe there was a bit of, like, you know, she was hurt, so she decided to, like, pivot over to Schwartz, and then Kyle's like, nah. Raquel is a very smart girl. She's a lot smarter than people think, and we can't keep giving her this, you know, dumb card that we want to say that she is because I don't believe she's actually dumb. He also says the fact that, you know, she's saying that Sheena punched her is a flat out lie and that that's how they know they can't believe her. Because not only did she lie to all of them for all these months, but like he knows for a fact that Sheena did not punch her. He says that a direct punch like that, because I believe he has some sort of like, I don't know if it was an MMA background or some sort of training background. And he's like, a direct punch like that would take skill in order to punch somebody directly in the eye and cause damage like that. Like Sheena would have to know how to do a closed fist straight up punch. And that's the claim is that Raquel is saying that Sheena punched her in the face. That is what she wrote when she filed for her temporary restraining order. He also says that um, Raquel did not have a big black bruise when he FaceTimed her on Saturday morning when they were talking about all of this the Saturday after the news broke. He's like, no, at that point, there was no dark bruising under her eye. There was like a little bit of bruising, but like she's always kind of had that that you know, light bruising, but he's like, it didn't seem like the damage was that bad. And they also mentioned that Raquel didn't even go into urgent care until Saturday afternoon. So this was after she spoke with Kyle that morning and she went to urgent care in Los Angeles. Again, the alleged punch happened on Wednesday night in New York. So Wednesday night, she didn't go to urgent care for immediate assistance. Thursday, she didn't go to urgent care. Friday, she didn't go to urgent care. That's when the news broke. Then we get to Saturday, and that's when Vanderpump Rules cameras are now rolling again, and she decides, okay, I'm actually going to go. I don't know if she filmed it, but I'm assuming now the cameras are rolling, that's great to fit her, her narrative that, you know, she got punched by Sheena. Why wait, what, three days to go to urgent care? Like, it's silly to wait all that time to go to urgent care. The whole point of urgent care is that you need urgent care. Like, hello, do get a brain, Luann. And for people that are saying, oh, well, you know, Raquel does have a scratch on her eyebrow. Yes, it's true. She does have a scratch. That's a scratch. But her claim is that Sheena gave her a black eye, that Sheena caused bruising and blurry vision, and Sheena threw her into a wall, and that Sheena straight punched her in the face. Those are the words that Raquel used. Sheena punched her and caused a black eye. Now there is evidence to prove that the darkness under her eye was pre-existing And I don't think anybody believes that Sheena punched her in the face. Maybe Sheena slapped her. Maybe Sheena threw something at her. Maybe Sheena like tried to swat her off and her ring maybe scratched her face. I don't know. That's a completely different thing. And that's not what Raquel is saying. Raquel filed a legal document stating that Sheena punched her in the face and gave her a black eye. Now, when I talked to Sheena on Friday, when all of the news broke and I asked her if the rumor was true that she punched Raquel because I saw it going around online, Sheena told me, no, she did not hit her. She's like, I absolutely did not hit her. And I was, and I believe Sheena. She used the word hit. She didn't use the word punch. 
which makes me assume that if you're you're saying I didn't hit her, that that's all encompassing of a slap as well. I don't know. I wasn't there. This is my own speculation based off of the limited information I received. I didn't really push it much further because obviously they're going through a lot right now with filming and, and dealing with the scandal and all of that stuff. And now the legal piece of it. But, you know, my own speculation is that it's very likely that she didn't swing at Raquel at all. And it's also in not not in Sheena's character. Stassi swung at Kristen. You can say, okay, Stassi has it in her. Raquel's always like, I'm going to pop off on you and I'm going to clock you and blah, blah, blah. So uh, Lala has that, you know, sort of um, energy and she's had that energy towards Raquel in the past. So if this was a claim against one of them, I'd be like, yeah, I'm sure Lala did clock her in the face. But now Raquel went to urgent care Saturday and didn't file a restraining order until Tuesday, almost an entire week after the alleged assault. Now knowing that cameras are up and rolling again, Raquel also told Kyle that she wasn't drunk or she was she told Kyle that she was drunk the night of the alleged assault. But the urgent care report claims that she didn't have any alcohol in her system. And Kyle's like, uh, yeah, of course, the report's going to say she didn't have any alcohol in her system because it's literally days later. Her body's metabolized that alcohol from Wednesday night at that point. But he she he's claiming that she told him that she was drunk that night. Jamie also talks about the night at the Canyon Club when James got thrown out. It's what we saw, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, the night that Raquel went up to Schwartz and she's like, Schwartz, you want to make out? So that night, Jamie was there and she says that James got thrown out and apparently there was a woman there and that woman was filming on her iPhone what was going down and Raquel also got out her phone and was filming James getting kicked out as well. And then Raquel got access, Raquel obviously had her video, but she got access to the other video from the other woman and she gave both videos to production, the one that was filmed by her and the one that was filmed by this other woman at the club and then lied to production and told production that Jamie is the one that filmed the videos so then production wanted jamie to sign a release to use the footage and jamie's like i'm not going to sign a release to have you use this footage because it's not my footage to take and i'm not going to put my signature on a legal document for footage that other people tape because i don't want this to come back to bite me in the butt she's like i'm not going to lie for raquel like that's that's silly why can't raquel just tell them that she recorded the videos herself why is she even lying to her employer why is she trying to deceive them she's like she has a pattern of lying and it doesn't make sense So Raquel then asked somebody else to say that they filmed it and asked them to sign the release, but they also declined because at that point it does become a liability issue. If production gets the wrong sign off from the wrong people and then moves forward with this footage, the woman that originally filmed it at the club, who I believe doesn't have a a close connection to any of these people, she could very easily then sue the network and be like, hey, that was my footage and you didn't have permission to use that. I want some money out of this. It would be a bogus lawsuit. It probably wouldn't go very far and it probably would just be like an annoyance to the network. But like that does become a liability issue. So production couldn't use any of that footage because they couldn't get anybody to actually sign off on it because Rachel wouldn't sign off on it. But it's a good, uh, it's it's quite quite the the podcast episode so that's all the tea that they spilled they don't believe that Raquel is telling the truth they believe she's a lot smarter than she's given off and she's a lot more calculated it doesn't seem like any of them have had any contact with her but yeah curious what you guys think and how you feel about this they're definitely team Sheena because they're like we don't believe that Sheena punched her and we believe that Raquel is lying about this because Raquel has lied about a number of other things in the past and she deceived us and she manipulated us and we don't even know who she is at this point okay let's talk about pump and tom tom 
My goodness gracious almighty. So Pump and Tom Tom seem to be in a bit of hot water. It was reported last week that both restaurants had lost their liquor license, that it had expired and they didn't renew for it. And now it's been rumored that Pump was served with an eviction notice very recently. And it seems that there's a realtor that posted on Instagram that the building is now up for lease. So it seems like it could be going down. Like, no more pump, which makes me kind of sad because on Vanderpump Row, Lisa has Sir, and then down the street she has Pump right on the corner, and then around the corner she has Tom Tom. So she has all three of her spots right there um, on Pump Lane, right? Right off of Santa Monica. So now it appears both Tom Tom and Pump are having some sort of struggles. They didn't file for their updated liquor license, so they lost it. So I don't know what they're doing, if they're just serving food or what. Um, so probably not the best idea to go there if you're looking to get some drinks. You probably have better luck going to Sir or at this point, Schwartz and Sandy's, right? And I don't know if it's actually in foreclosure or if it is being put up for sale or what the situation is. Obviously, as we saw with Kim Zolciak's house, she was able to find a way to save her house. So I'm pretty sure if Lisa Vanderpump doesn't want to lose Pump, which is a great spot, it's right on that corner. Um, It's a popular spot. It's probably one of my favorites of all three. If she wants to save it, she can definitely save it. But it's not looking good. I'm just kind of like, Raquel, you should have outed this affair a couple months ago and helped Lisa Vanderpump save her restaurants because that money would have been coming in a lot earlier and she wouldn't have had to have been going through this rumored eviction and, you know, losing of her liquor license. People would have been in there real quick. I'm pretty sure she's going to save her restaurants. I don't imagine Lisa Vanderpump is going to let any of these restaurants die, but a lot of people are making a big huff about it. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, enough, yo, enough. Schwartz, Tom Schwartz was just spotted in Colorado filming the new season of Bravo's Winter House. We have a new season that is geared up. There's a photo that was posted on Reddit that shows Tom Schwartz with Brian from Family Karma and then with Corey from last season of Winter House. Unclear who else is confirmed on the cast. I believe Kyle Cook is also there. Amanda, I believe, is not there because I believe she was sick and wasn't able to make it on the trip after all. But it appears that Schwartz did end up making it. I know it was kind of up in the air whether or not he was going to end up going because originally it was rumored that he and Sandoval were booked to go film the new season of Winter House and that they were actually supposed to be full-time cast members in comparison to last season where they came and like made a guest appearance, right? So it appears that he has actually um, signed on to do the show. Unclear if it's just a guest spot like last season or if he's doing the full the full trip. It's not a very long trip. What they're there for like two, three weeks at best. They're not there very long and they're only there on like what the weekends. Right. So I mean, he's there. It looks like he's there without Sandoval. I would imagine Sandoval is not going to end up coming on winter house. He probably needs a bit of a break. The network probably wants to give him a bit of a break. I know they were filming Vanderpump rules. I'm assuming now that Schwartz is in Colorado for winter house that they've wrapped production on Vanderpump rules. I haven't asked any of the cast, so I haven't been able to confirm that, but I know that the reunion's next week. So I'm assuming at this point, like production is either wrapped or it's wrapping up in the next couple of days. We'll have to see how that all plays out. But it's interesting to see. A lot of people are excited to see Brian from Family Karma join the mix. 
Corey is Corey. It seemed like an interesting trio. I feel like Corey is just like so broy. He's more like Kyle and Luke and Craig or Austin. You know, he's like kind of like that bro. And Schwartzy doesn't seem like a bro. And Brian doesn't really seem like a bro. So it'll be interesting to see them all kind of interact. And some people are like, oh, now you're adding family karma people. Now it's really going down the drain. And how are you going to say that they all connect together and blah, 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 blah. Listen, I don't know. Don't come at me with them comments. I'm looking forward to seeing Schwartz come and talk about the scandal. Um, curious to see what the other cast members are going to think. The official cast hasn't been confirmed. There is a new hunk, hunk of burn in love. I believe, uh, Bravo by gays or gays by Bravo, they posted on their Instagram a photo of this, you know, this guy that's supposedly joining the cast of Winter House. He's from Below Deck because they're mixing in some Below Deck people. Craig and Austin don't appear to be on the new season of Winter House because they're currently filming Southern Charm. And then Amanda from Summer House, as I mentioned, will not be in it as well. So unclear with that shift, who else they're officially going to be bringing in. I would imagine without Craig, we're probably not going to get Paige especially if Amanda's not there. Uh, I did hear that Danielle was going to be part of this new season. The cast has not yet been confirmed, and Bravo hasn't confirmed anything either. But looking forward to seeing Schwartzy. Lala Kent was spotted in West Hollywood the other day by a paparazzi who came up to her, and they're like, give them Lala. And then Lala's like, send it to Daryl. And they're like, Lala, are you looking forward to the reunion? And she's like, I am looking forward to the reunion. I can't wait. And then they're like, are you looking forward to seeing Tom and Raquel show up together? Do you think that they're going to show up together? And she's like, oh, my God, that made my heart beat really fast. And I'm like, I feel you, girl. I think all of our hearts are beating really fast because, like, that's going to be wild to watch unfold and play out on the show. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. I might have some feelings about it. But also now we know that it's possible that Raquel might end up zooming in. So it's unclear what's going to happen or if Tom and Raquel are going to say they're together or not together or what. I'm pretty sure they're going to go all in in this new season and be like, we're giving this a shot. We blew up our lives. And at this point, we're going to try to make it worth it. Give it to me. I'm worth it. But people are asking if. This is fake. If the paparazzi, because I talked about Schwartz and TMZ and how I thought that that was fake. And they were asking if this was a fake paparazzi setup as well. So remember how I mentioned that sometimes it's there are people's teams that will tip off a reporter as to where this specific person is going to be at what time. Um, so it is possible that this was tipped off by somebody on Lala's team. Here's the difference between the Schwartz TMZ thing and then this one with Lala. So Lala, it looked like, was at Pretty Little Thing, which is a big store um, in West Hollywood. Right on, shoot, what is that? Is that, that's not Santa Monica. What street is that? It's one of the main streets. I can't remember. It's not, is it Melrose? One, okay, well, it's one of the main streets where they have a lot of the shops um, for in West Hollywood. A lot of the restaurants and shops, I don't remember. It's not Santa Monica. It's the street before Santa Monica. It's one street over, one of the major streets over. La Cienega? I think it's La Cienega. And so Lala was coming out of Pretty Little Thing. And so it is a little more believable that paparazzi will hang around in West Hollywood because typically in those trendy areas like um, the Ivy or Craig's, Craig's is right by Vanderpump. So it would make sense that some paparazzi would hang around those areas because those are celebrity hotspots. So when a celebrity wants to be seen, there are certain restaurants and shops that they will go into that they know is almost guaranteed to give them paparazzi coverage. So in that little area of West Hollywood, yes, there are some 
some reporters that kind of just hang out in that general area waiting to be get tipped off on who's here, right? So it's possible that Lala was at Pretty Little Thing and somebody saw her and was like, oh, let's tip him off. And then the reporter came there. It's possible that somebody on Lala's team tipped him off. It, the part that makes me think Lala was not aware that this interview was happening is Lala didn't give us much, right? Schwartz, when he did his interview with TMZ, had his talking points ready. He knew what to say. He knew to apologize on Sandoval's behalf. He knew to clarify that, you know, um, he had distanced himself from from Raquel. He talked about the impact that it's had on his business. He, you know, also was very mindful to not further, you know, hurt Sheena in her legal case with Raquel and the restraining order because he didn't give too many details on that. He was hyper aware of what was going on, that it didn't make me think that he was completely caught off guard. And he also knew the reporter because it was the same reporter that was the first to get him to give an interview right after Katie's divorce filing. So that makes me think "Mm, that's a little skeptical. You know, if he knew the reporter and the reporter is the same one that seemingly got tipped off on where to find Schwartz right after Katie filed for divorce, then it seems like "Mm, this person maybe has a close connection to Schwartz's team and Schwartz knew what he was going to say. Lala seemed to defect a lot of the questions. She kind of gave us a little bit, but she was mostly like, I don't know. They were like, do you think Sandoval and Raquel are going to come together? She's like, I don't know. Are you ready for the reunion? I don't know. Like, yes, I'm ready. But like, she didn't really seem to know any of the details of what was going on that I didn't really see what the angle would be for Lala to tip them off herself. Um, Again, it's not within, it's not, it, it can still be within the realm of possibility, but it seems like this was maybe a bit more organic based off of the area. Paparazzi don't hang out at LAX hoping to find a celebrity because LAX is a clusterfuck. It's so jam-packed. The traffic is terrible. And again, it's so big that like if you have a celebrity in Terminal 4 and you see them coming out in Terminal 1, then it's not very easy for you to get from Terminal 4 to Terminal 1 to go and capture that celebrity before they get into their car coming out of the airport. And a lot of them have their car service arranged ahead of time. They are flying private. Like there's a lot of stuff that would prevent that from being an easy thing, that it's less likely that a paparazzi is going to hang out at LAX. It's more likely that they're going to hang around the general area of West Hollywood that has all of the celebrity hotspots. So those are my thoughts on whether or not I think Lala Kent's uh, paparazzi moment was staged or not. I don't believe that that was staged. I do believe that Schwartz's was for TMZ. Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of No Filter with Zach Peter. I hope you get your tickets to No Filter Live, No Filter Night Out with the Brav Bros in Philly, April 27th. Tickets are going fast. VIP packages are going fast. They're selling very, very quickly, guys. So I suggest you go and get your tickets ahead of time. Go to nofilterlive.com. That's nofilterlive.com and get your tickets April 27th to No Filter Night Out with me and the Brav Bros and some very special guests. I think we're about to confirm some Brav. Bravo talent. So get ready for that. April 27th in Philly at City Winery. Go to nofilterlive.com to get your tickets. Shout out to my pals at Chomps. I love Chomps and I am so grateful for them sponsoring my content this month. Guys, go to chomps.com and use code ZAC20 for 20% off your delicious grass-fed meat sticks. I love them. They're a perfect protein pack snack to keep me going. So go to chomps.com, use code ZAC20. All right, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, you can always keep up with me at Just Plain Zach on my personal Instagram account or the podcast at No Filter with Zach. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, then please leave me a nice review because I love that validation. All right, guys, I love you. Mean it. Bye. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.